uh, and discuss them. And we want you to be a part of this discussion. So make sure, if you're on Facebook Live, good evening to you. Make sure you call in and share your thoughts and topics that you want to uh, discuss. We want to hear from you. Call in 714-583-6852. And don't forget to press 1 so that we can bring you into this discussion. Uh, So on tonight, ladies, I have a a couple of good topics that I want to share with you. I'm so happy to be back with you. We had a great time last uh, Tuesday, just a wonderful time, and we appreciate all of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. The first topic that we are going to discuss tonight, uh, let me just bring this topic right on in, is Lonzo Ball. Uh, Now, he is a, a basketball player. He is expected to be a top. Uh, draft pick for the draft for the NBA in June of this year. And he and his father, LeVar Ball, have uh, just issued their own sneaker on their own website, bigballerbrand.com. And he is selling a sneaker, ladies, for $495. And those prices um, fluctuate because if you want to personally autograph sneaker, the cost for it is $995, and if you are a size 14 or 15, if your son or your nephew or your husband or uh, a man in your life is a size 14 or 15 or bigger sneaker, uh, that cost for a personally autographed a sneaker will be more than $1,000, as much as $1,200 for a pair of sneakers. So I would like to know, Dr. Houston and Jackie, what you think about this uh, $495 pair of shoes. And uh, Dr. Houston, why don't you go first? Well, I I will go ahead and jump in. All I can say is that that is absolutely ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I I can't see myself um, spending that kind of money on on a pair of sneakers. Um, And the thing is, I I will say this, a lot of times you have people who can't afford these types of items actually purchasing these items, and those who can, they don't even purchase, you know, $500 sneakers. So I think we've got to really be mindful about where we, we put our money and what we uh, what we value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Jackie, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, and, uh, you know, when my son was growing up, they had the Jordans were in, and they were right. about 95 to $120, and I thought that was ridiculous back then. Mm. Um, of, of course, he did have them, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> real, uh, but the reality is this, that that's crazy. I think that that is crazy. Mm. Um, and the sad part about it is there'll be a lot of us who can't even uh, pay for the basic necessities that will be out there trying to get these sneakers for our children, and we know this is the truth. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it's, it, it, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, he, he's exploiting uh, you know, the fact that he's in the NBA or is getting drafted in the NBA. I know they want the quick money and the fast money, but the sad part, the reality is there's going to be people out there actually buying it. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm with I'm with yes. Dr. Houston. It's ridiculous. Yes, and, uh, you know, just, just 
for myself, I would agree certainly with both of you. I, I read it, and I couldn't believe it. And I said, boy, this is something that we need to discuss because, you know, it can put uh, pressure on young boys who are in school and college and high school to want to have, you know, the latest and the greatest. And I, I thought that what a ridiculous price tag, unless you want to take that money and reinvest it into the community and turn around and take that money and, you know, put it into the education of those students, I thought that the price was just insane, just uh, outrageously ridiculous. But as of um, with the, the sneakers were just released, and according to the information from CBS News and the NBA report, um, he sold some 328 shoes when they were initially um, presented <laughs> for sale. Um, so he has, you know, he, he sold some. Um, maybe not as many as they hoped to, but the father reportedly said if they couldn't get, you know, a deal with a major company to back them, they would promote them on their own. So this is what they're doing, um, promoting the brand on their own. And the young man, you know, I don't watch sports like I used to. When I was in high school, I played a lot of sports, and I used to love and follow, you know, all the sports. And I knew who, you know, pretty much who everybody was. But when I looked at it, I never heard of him. And it's not because he's not, you know, famous and well known just because I don't follow the sport of, of basketball like I used to anymore. So, you know, I look at $495 and I don't care whose name is on it for a pair of sneakers, I wouldn't purchase it. Um, but you're right, there are going to be some parents who do and some kids who may feel pressured like they did with Michael Jordan and $100 was a lot of money. And if that to me, if those sneakers aren't helping a, a brother to play any better, if he's not going to run any faster or jump any higher, if he's not going to be any smarter, you know, I mean, you could take that same $495 and purchase some books. But, you know, it, it is what it is. But $495 and as much as $1,200 depending on the shoe size. Um, so if you're on Facebook and you have any comments and you want to share anything about that, we'd love to hear from you, 714-583-6852 to call in. And don't forget to press Okay, mm-hmm. so we're going to move on to to our next topic. And staying with the school system, ladies, I, I want to talk about this because this one is close to my heart. Um, so I looked up today and I had an article um, that I was looking at, and this is according to CNN, a money report um, today concerning school lunches um, for children. And in New Mexico, there was a senator who has drafted a bill, and he wants to stop what has uh, come to be known as school lunch shaming. And what it is is if a child doesn't have enough money to pay for their school lunch and they reach a certain level of debt, it's about $15, then the school cafeteria workers can refuse to serve the child a hot lunch and they instead get a brown paper bag with what may be a cheese sandwich and a container of milk. Um, and the, the senator says they want to stop you know, the schools from singling out students and from embarrassing them. Um, so I'd like to know what you ladies think, because as you know, according to recent news reports, there's been some um, proposed legislation by Donald Trump, um, you know, and it could affect the uh, school lunch program for children nationwide. So I'd like to know what you ladies think about this. And, you know, that I worked in the school system for over 10 years, and this is Dr. Houston speaking, but... That mm-hmm. actually happened on a regular basis mm-hmm. here, so uh, it is very true. And, um, you know, sometimes you would have teachers come in and, 
try to catch up on their their bill so that they can eat. Um, right. I, 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 it, the sad thing about it is that everyone knows what's going on when you don't get a hot lunch, so it definitely mm-hmm. um, can uh, provoke bullying from other kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just refuse to eat, period, because they mm-hmm. know that they're not going to um, – to get a hot meal, so I, 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 I personally think that we should not do that. I mean, I don't think the the education system is hurting that bad that you know you can't dismiss right. fifteen, fifteen or twenty dollars. Um, right. I, that's just what I think. I mean, lunch should be a given, and and I can't speak for all parents, but I would like to believe that if they could make that payment, they would make the payment. Mhm. So, so that's 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 my thought. Cuz I try okay. to believe that most parents would want to make sure that their kids can can get a hot meal and sometimes it's just a matter of they didn't do the paperwork for free lunch. Because mm-hmm. really you can't question what they put on that form. So sometimes it's just that they didn't do the form, the application. They didn't update Correct. their paperwork. So it Correct. you know, that's why they're having to pay. Correct. Yeah. Mhm. So, Jackie? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, I think that um, what I'm finding is that a lot of children don't have, um, they don't have food at home. So that's, mm-hmm. in many cases, the only meal that they're going to get. Um, I, I, I personally think that, that, I know this is a stretch, but I think that all kids should eat free. I really do. That's just my my opinion. The government should pay for it, and that's entitlement. Um, you know, right. if, if, the, if, the, if the parents are paying, uh, you know, taxes, why can't they get a free meal? Why can't they? Not like they I, I, I don't see why they can't. And then nobody would have to feel any kind of way, you know, everybody's going to eat and, and, and nobody, you know, you, you got a paper bag or whatever. And then if you choose mm-hmm. to uh, pack your lunches for your kids, that's fine. But I think I don't think they should even charge for the lunch meals. That's just me, and I don't know how much that would cost. But I think that's a good good gesture to be included in with the tuition or or whatever. You know right. what I'm saying? If they're charging right, seventeen thousand right. per kid uh, in taxes right. or whatever, include the meal in there. Why not? I know that the teachers beat me up on that because they said they're not even, a lot of them, North Carolina said they're not even getting paid enough. Um, you know, I I I I feel a little differently on 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 meals in, in schools than, than most people do because I I see so many in the, in the low income that that can't afford, cannot afford to, right. to pay, and a lot of the kids just suffer because of that. And I don't think any kid can work. You can't do your work if you're hungry. Uh, you know, you mm-hmm. can get some mm-hmm. at So it has a big, a major impact on, on a lot of things, you know. So. But if they if okay. they filled out the form, people make mistakes, people working, they're working, and then they it, it slips through the, through the crack. Uh, what can you mm-hmm. say about that? Uh, you know, that's one thing about our world. We don't, we have no compassion anymore mm. for people. You just don't. You know? I, I think that, that 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 that's hurtful to me. 
We don't care about other people. As long as I'm making it, hey, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's my little meal for tonight. Yeah, that you know, that's a good point. And both of you kind of said said the same um, thing that's important, and that is for parents and an article with CNN Money. It's to, to reapply, you have to do that each and every year. Um, but according to CNN, a family of four um, qualifies for free lunch if the income is under $31,400 and reduced lunch if the income is $45,000. So if you're listening tonight and uh, your child needs free or reduced um, lunch at school and that could help you, please be sure to apply um, according to the timelines that the school sets so that your child can enjoy a healthy meal at school and not be embarrassed or singled out. And I just want to make one other point, ladies, before we move on. Um, some 20 million young people, which is 40% of U.S. students, receive free lunches. Um, in the United States of America. So this hits home for a lot, 40%. It hits home for a lot of families, for a lot of working mothers and single mothers and families, whatever their circumstances might, might be. There are a lot of people who are affected by this. So just want to encourage everyone to please make sure you fill out those forms and not forget to do them, as Dr. Houston and Jackie said, so uh, that your child can take advantage of that program. That is available to be sure that our kids don't go hungry. Um, so, Jackie or, or Dr. Houston, you have anything else before we move on? Yeah, I um, I want to say also that I I was definitely a recipient of, of free lunch, and honestly, yes, me too. I was embarrassed. So, you know, when she talked about making it free for everyone, I think that would help uh, with mm. the embarrassment that some kids feel. Um, just knowing that they're like, oh, you get free lunch because people think right. kids don't pay attention, but they really do pay attention. And so that yeah, was one do. of the things I was embarrassed about. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to add one thing. I, I went to – go ahead. When I was in, um, when I was in school, it was elementary school, uh, we moved into a district where the majority of the kids in the school received free lunches, so it wasn't – embarrassing for us because everybody, you know, will go up to, to the line and get a free lunch. And, you know, they they were decent hot meals. I mean, they were, you know, we ate, we weren't hungry, um, and we went on to class and we did our work. And, you know, Jackie, you're right when you said that the kids, if they, they don't want to be embarrassed, they just won't eat. And that's terrible. If a child is sitting there and isn't eating, then they're hungry and they can't function, you know, as well as they would if they had a full meal. And you know how when your kids have those tests for school in the morning, the standardized test, and the, they send a note home and say, please make sure your child eats a healthy meal before coming to school so that they can be prepared to take this test and their brain, their mind functions better. Um, so it's so important for the kids to eat and to eat healthy and to do the best that we can, even if a parent is struggling with making sure the kids eat in the morning. And some schools have free, free breakfast programs. I don't know the statistics about that, but um, I just encourage those parents, if you need that help, to please take advantage of what your school district has to offer and get your paperwork in on time. Okay, so we're ready to move on. Um, yes? Yes. Um, Jackie, you want to uh, let's see what kind of topics you have that we can discuss tonight? 
Yeah, well, um, you know we're going to talk about um, Comey. So let's go ahead and get it oh, out yes, there. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, so number 45 has asked um, the um, director of the FBI, Mr. Um, Comey, to, well, actually he's fired him. And the reason that he is giving is that um, it's because of the way he handled Hillary Clinton. Now, when it was going on, he thought he was great. He said he was doing a great job. So all of a sudden now it becomes an issue um, the way he handled those emails. So what's really behind this firing um, is is uh, was he getting too close to uncovering the FBI scandal or what? Come on now, yo, tell, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, that when I saw that, I was just like, oh my goodness, there's just it's like almost not a day goes by without some kind of drama. You know, mm, I get the New York yeah. Times emails coming in. It's like. All day, every day, there is some type of drama going on related to our government. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I remember, I can remember during election season when all of this came out. And so now, what I'm hearing now and then what I'm seeing in the news related to this firing is that it really was about the emails and that the uh, the Russia or the, the Russian investigation with them interfering with the election is fake news and, you know. So, I mean, from what I was seeing before, it seemed legit, but now um, you're seeing that it's, it's, it was really not um, – it wasn't even enough evidence to to make a case, but I don't I don't know, so I can't speak to to that. But my thing is, if it was related to the emails, then then he's been in here for a while, and for him to get fired now over that, I, I'm hmm, not sure. Uh, did you say there wasn't enough evidence to make a case on the Russia thing? Well, that's what that if that's what's in the the, the headlines. I don't know uh, because, I, you know, I, I don't know. But this is what is in the news: is that this was fake, um, that they did not interfere. Of course, the only people that really know, I would say, is the ones who actually did the investigation. Supposedly, they pulled up documents, and then, of course. Um, both sides, some sides are saying they got it, some are saying it's, it's made up, I, you know. So my point is I'm not sure, I'm not really sure, I can't say for sure what happened, but I do know that it, it seems weird that he's fired uh, supposedly over the emails, but the emails happened during election season. So why was he able to stay this long if that is the, the primary reason? Um so that was my only concern is uh is why why was he fired basically to summarize my point why was he fired if it if was it about the investigation or was it about the email Well the interesting thing to me is with Michael Flynn who goes and asks um for um what did he ask for um you know, I'm trying to, was it Clemency? You know, he asked the pardon, oh, to be pardoned if he testified. What What is it mm. for you to be pardoned for if you didn't do anything? Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't forget that. 
So <laughs> I personally think that there's a lot more that is about to come, was about to come out. But with this, let me tell you, you notice the old saying, uh, keep your enemies close. If, he, if this man is go, is going to be angry about that he got fired, and he could just go singing like a bird if he knows something, and that's not that's not going to help uh, number forty five. So, I the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. Marcia, hmm. you're awfully quiet. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was reading the article today, and um. I was reading an article, I think it was either New York Times or Washington, uh, and within the context of the article, they, uh, you know, said that the president can fire the director of the FBI for any reason. Um, so because Donald, number 45, or any president can fire an FBI director for any reason, um, we could just leave it at that if we, you know, wanted to and say, well, you know, it's his prerogative, he can fire him if he wants to. But if you look at the fact that uh, Comey was leading that investigation into the Russian ties, you know, into Trump's administration and interfering with the election, um, yeah, to me it, the whole thing is a little suspect. Um, but I don't know either. I, I think it just kind of it, it hints at something that there's more going on and that truth, whatever that truth is, it's going to come out sooner or later, and hopefully sooner than later. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anybody really truly knows what's going on. I just, I do agree that that the whole thing is really suspect. And um, you know, then the way that that it was handled, if if what I read is correct, that um, you know, Comey was speaking, and then it like came on the news, and he found out that way, and then a letter was sent to him. Um, I think the way that it was handled and because Comey was leading the investigation and they had apparently also clashed in March, Comey and number 45. And then when Comey was handling, you know, Hillary Clinton and going after her, um, President Trump, well, number 45 said that Comey was gusty, you know, and they liked him when, when he was going after Hillary Clinton. And so, you know, I just think what has to happen, hopefully, is that it is just, uh, handled in a judicial, fair, honest manner in order to get to the truth. Um, and I don't think any of us would, would deny that knowing what the truth is is best for this country as a whole if Russia did, in fact, interfere with the election. You know, that that's something that we need to, to know about. That has to come out. Well, let, so me, just Martin, say this about, let me say this about Gangster 45 um, because See, the reality is he gets to pick who gets in there next, and they do have to approve it. They have the House and the Senate, and now they only need 51 votes. Now, you do that do that math and see what you come up with. Mm-hmm. He's going to put in there exactly who he wants, he will say what he wants, and will not say a word other than that. That's what I see. You know the truth. I hate it when y'all get found. The truth is not always popular, but it is always correct. It's always correct. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that he his he's the type that he wants to put fear in, into people who are under him, and it's like, look, it's my way or you are out of here. You I think he's just that's right. That's that's Gangster. his tone. Yeah. 
I said gangster. He is gangster. We we got a thug president. Lord, uh, look, they probably coming after me tomorrow, but he is a thug. Okay. Uh, moving but, right you know, along. There, there has to be accountability. There, there has to be some. someone has to keep Why? The, you know, the president in check. You know, none of us are above the law. Oh. Somebody has to keep keep us in check. Yes. So no, who is no, no. The, the Democrats have no power. And so who, and, and the Republicans are scared of them. Who? Who? Nobody. That's what I'm saying. Who, who's keeping him in check? Is it anybody? Nope. Nobody. And that's the way he wants it. That's why he keeps he keeps switching people out and putting the people in that are going to be yes people. That's what he does. Um, I'm going to read an article. Um, it says, Dear Democrats, do not forget about black voters. This is a blog of someone did. As an African-American Democrat, I share the core values of my political party. That is why I'm a Democrat. Like me, most African-American Democrats do not want to see mass deportation of undocumented citizens and families broken up. That said, we would be completely within our right to give the side eye to political leaders who are failing, excuse me, uh, falling over themselves to get in on the sanctuary PR bandwagon. When thousands of blacks left Los Angeles County as a part of the black flight to San Bernardino County and any faraway cities in search of more affordable housing and better schools for their children, there was no campaign urging us to stay. In fact, some would argue cities paved the way for the to the freeway leading out uh leading us out of city limits. It is not lost on us that no one introduced legislation to help Reverse the journey of our grandparents and great-grandparents from the West back to the South. When the number of blacks in California dipped below 10%, there were no emergency meetings to confer on how cities could better meet the needs of black residents and provide sanctuary to those living in areas with uh, uh, gentrification and displacement to keep them from leaving. So basically, um, she's saying um, we, as the Democrats in leadership, have forgotten about the black people. Do you all feel that way? It says statistics reported that at the end of 2016, 7.8% of African Americans were unemployed compared to that of 5.9% of Hispanics and 4.3 of whites, and 2.6% of Asians. While blacks making up a disproportionate number of low-skilled workers, they find themselves more likely than other groups to be competing with undocumented workers for work in the construction, service, and hospitality industries areas where blacks have traditionally been able to find work. So basically what she's saying is, um, everybody's forgotten all about us. If you're calling in, and we do have a caller that's on the line, you have a comment or a question, you do have to press 1. Otherwise, we will not know that you want to comment. 714-583-6852. Well, what do you ladies have to say about that? Did I say too much? <laughs> no, um, I, I, well, I don't. 
think so. I um you know for me I I guess I can't really say much as it relates to um you know me being in a position where I just really had a hard time finding a position maybe finding a job that I wanted but uh, for me I I would just look and look and look and look and look and I don't care if I get 50 rejections, I'm going to work somewhere. Um, That's where I was when I was in a position of looking for work. So I never totally just um, had this idea of, you know, this party is responsible for making sure that I'm employed. That's just my opinion. But, of course, I I do understand that um, politics definitely plays a role in, um, in what's available. So for me, I can't really speak to uh, it impacting me. Um, so I would probably have to defer to you guys <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um, I, I just want to, yes, um, you know, I, I think currently Democrats are, uh, in my opinion, still wiping eggs off their faces for, you know, this whole um Number forty-five win uh, because you know even on election night and up in the, in the days prior to the election, you know it was predicted that that Hillary Clinton would win, and I think Democrats may have had uh, you know a certain comfortability with the prospect of Hillary Clinton winning the White House and and just got a little lax and comfortable. And then I remember watching uh, on television news that night. And every state was going to him, and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to win. And then he won. And I think it took a lot of us by surprise. So currently, I think the Democrats are still wiping the off their faces and saying, you know, how did we lose and, you know, trying to recover and revamp and regroup and say, well, what do we do now? How do we get it back? And in that process, um, I, I think that they just felt comfortable and have always taken, you know, the black vote for granted. Um, that they that they still have to do a whole lot of work in order to um, to come together as a as a cohesive party as a unit again, and yes, um, to remember the the people who vote for them and who always vote for them and who put those Democrats in office in the first place. I'm just grateful and thankful and looking forward to 2000. I think it's 2018 when all of those seats will be up for grabs, and I think it's just important to mobilize now and you know not wait until the month before the election or the summer before the election before that November to start you know making sure we're registered to vote, but to get those things in place now so that we're not going in at the last minute you know trying to make sure that our vote counts, but so to take care of it right now and get everything in place, register to vote today, you know, right now. You can do it online. You can do it by mail. Um, but to get it in place right now. And then for the coming election, uh, you know, there's, we always have uh, the opportunity ourselves to run for office. If we don't like what's going on in Washington or with the state government or local government, you know, then we can run for office. We don't have to just sit back and say, oh, you know, they're not doing anything for us. We can. Um, you know, assume power and run for office ourselves. Mhm. And and that's the thing. Um, typically, uh, a lot of us um, we want to complain and uh, and but don't want to. They don't want to. I mean, a lot of the reality is a lot of people don't want to get out there and do the work. I mean, you know, I'm a community. Uh, you know, I'm always in the community. That's what I do. 
Um, and I, my thing is, if you're not going to do anything, uh, shut up. Shut up yeah. and <laughs> sit down somewhere. Um, that's the reality. Uh, otherwise, get out there and make a difference. We all can do something, like you say, register people to vote. Although um, our faith in voting is, 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 is on a weak string in the whole voting process <laughs> after this election. And it is, it is, but you still got to vote. Um, and you have, to, you have to go out there and make a difference in your community. Um, one of the things that we're doing now, uh, you guys know I'm having a mental health fair on Saturday. Our our people don't want to talk about mental health. They want to act like it doesn't yeah. exist. You know something's wrong with that child. So, you know they're not they're not doing the, the normal kid stuff. Don't ignore it. Don't act like it's gonna go away. Because in many cases it's not. We need to talk about these things. We need to address these issues. We need to get professional help if that's what's necessary. Of course we need to pray. Pray goes without saying. But some people need some some medicine too. Um, these are things that we, as a community, need to stop overlooking. These these young men out here that are disturbed on the street, killing each other and killing. You don't know what kind of mental state they're in. Uh, you just don't. So um, I think that we're all responsible. Um, but but like I said, I, I don't blame anybody. I'm like Dr. Houston. I get out there and I make. I'm going to get a job. I think the Democrats um, really have taken advantage of the black vote for many years. They really have. Mm-hmm. They that they, they always had. So they got a real culture shock this last time. They sure really did. <laughs> like bam. Okay, you thought you had it, you didn't. All right. So. Um, you got anything, um, Dr. Houston? I do. I've got a couple of things. One is um, that a teacher um, actually has been suspended after having her high school students in celebration of um, the Cinco de Mayo. They they actually did a pinata with uh, President Trump's face on it, and she actually let the kids uh, smash or hit his face on the pinata. So she was actually suspended. Um, uh, there was like a community uproar about it, and uh, you know, saying that this she should be fired. And it doesn't matter if it was President Obama's face, Hillary Clinton's face. This should not have taken place on school grounds. So I wanted to was get it, your insight. Was it a white teacher? It was a Spanish, a Spanish teacher. Mm. Mhm. A Spanish teacher. Well, I think I think it, it's it's not not good under under any circumstances. I think that's disrespectful. As much as I um, strongly um, dislike um, forty five. I think that, that that's unnecessary. All the stuff that they did to the Obamas uh, was ridiculous. You know, uh, made a Michelle look like an ape and talked about the girls. And they they really got some stuff. One, one uh, wrong doesn't make a right. I don't think it should be done to any. I think we should give respect uh, for the position uh, at least, if nothing else. So I think that that was just that. I think that's just bad. 
I, I would Marcia. wholeheartedly agree. Um, yes, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think that the teacher should banish white blacks. Um, should I think it promotes a, a disrespect for the president. And I don't particularly agree with him either, but I don't think we should have children, um, you know, beating up a pinata of the president's face. Yeah. You know, I think to me it promotes a wrong message, and that could be the the opinion and the perspective and the ideas of the teacher. I don't think she should, you know, influence the children to adopt her opinion about the president. Um, I think children have, have their own minds, and they should be, uh, you know, given the opportunity to learn and to know Donald, the president and Washington and the government for themselves and not for her to just impose her beliefs on those children. Um, so I don't agree with it whatsoever. It would be the same thing as if, you know, uh, if, if there was a racist teacher and he was promoting racist propaganda and influencing the students that way. I, I think she was wrong, the disciplinary measure they took to um, – to uh, suspend her, you know that that's their decision. But I do. I don't think that that was right. I don't agree that she should have done that in the school with the kids. Yeah. Yep, yep. I I agree. Um, you know, I know as working in a school as an educator, it, it's enough for us to try to keep the kids from going at it all the time, and then for you to do something like this, it definitely promotes, I, I believe, violence and. Um, we 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 want to reduce that. We don't want to promote it. So I appreciate your comments on that. Another topic I have is that a Texas judge was forced to undergo sensitivity training after saying a black defendant needs a, a tree and a rope. So the judge, his name what? is James Oakley, and he is in uh, Burnett County in Central Texas. And it says that uh, he must complete four whole hours of racial sensitivity training with a mentor. Um, He said that his comment was intended to reflect his personal feelings, that the killing should qualify for the death penalty, and it had absolutely nothing to do with race. And he says, maybe I watched too many Westerns when I was little, um, but my comment uh, was not racial at all, or it did not have, have any racial undertones. Wow. So, um, what was it? So, What's the question? So the people are upset because they're saying, why is it that he, the only reprimand he received was that he needs to take, to undergo four hours of racial sensitivity training with a mentor. So that, that, that was it. Well, let me just—I—I can relate to this because I had a similar thing happen to me. So, North Carolina is different than New Jersey, but um, I was working in a facility, and I was the business office manager, and so um, we would do things like for Halloween, the staff would dress up, or you know. you know, Valentine's Day, we might do something like some Valentine's theme, maybe wear hearts or something. So I had, 
for um, for Black History Month, I had gotten a speaker, very well-known speaker, historian in Greensboro, to come in and talk to the residents about the history of Greensboro. Well, the director, executive director in the meeting, now there's only two black people, me and the maintenance director and the rest of the white, and she says, oh, she says, oh, that's good. Does that mean I get to dress up like Aunt Jemima and paint my Ooh. face black? No, wow. I'm, not, I'm not even creative, creative enough to make this up. Wow. I, I really couldn't. I couldn't speak. <laughs> I and I'm never at a loss for words. I honestly couldn't speak, and I had to. I had to regroup and see how I was going to do that. So I did report it to corporate HR, and they did exactly the same thing. They brought in a guy who did sensitivity training, but everybody had to take it, and he came in and he showed. Tell you what he used for his uh, training. He used he showed Remember the Titans. Oh, good. <laughs> wow. I kid you not. And that was all that ever happened. So I mm. am not surprised at all. Mm. Marcia. Well, yeah. I just want to say, you know, if if for this judge, if it if it was truly something, you know, racial about what he said, that I don't think four hours of sensitivity training would do anything to help him if that's how he truly feels in his heart. And then if he didn't mean it, then there's no harm done. But I, I, to me, I think that that racism is just such an ignorant thing. It it just is, you know, I think someone who makes a racial statement against a black person or uh, or any other race, they rely on that individual not knowing the richness of their culture, their their history, their people, their legacy. And to me, the more I come to know and the more I read and about the, the history of, of blacks, you know, world history, you know, it's just so ignorant that there are people who seek to say something to belittle you or to make you feel bad or to, to make you fearful. I think racism is just an ignorant thing. Um, and when we know who we are as a people and when you know who you are, you know, in Christ, you know, to me it's just the most ignorant thing that exists. And we just have to, to do a better job at educating ourselves and educating our children and teaching one another and helping everyone, each one of us, to know that we have a rich history, we have a beautiful history, and that we're children of God. And, not, you know, people are going to say things with the, with the Obamas, and, yes, that was terrible. And they say, well, boy, you sure got to have some thick skin. And, yes, you do. You know, and, and it's going that, that kind of comes with the territory as president, I think. You know, people are going to say what they're going to say, and that goes for all of us. But when you know who you are and whose you are, I think just those remarks, you know, can you, you can just look at them and laugh, look that same racist in the eye and laugh. You know, it's just ignorant to me. That's that's my opinion about mm-hmm. the whole thing. I wasn't I wasn't there uh, to look in it and laugh, but uh, I get, I understand what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. Um, hmm. I, I wanted to bring this up. We're at uh we're at the 15 minute mark. I wanted to bring in this, uh to tell you about these Harvard grads who will hold uh, the school's first ever black commencement and. Um, I looked at some, I posted this on, on Black Women Power Incorporated, and some of the, the comments were um, that we were being, uh, we, we were promoting racism by doing this, 
And when I read the article, um, it said that the reason um, they're doing the separate graduations, it says um, the the person that, that's over this program, he says, I can only imagine how special I will feel when I walk across the stage and be able to honor my identity. Excuse me, this is one of the students. My struggle at Harvard um, was that I know this is exactly what students like me need to be inspired as we leave this place as emerging global leaders. And and the other thing is they feel like they're not getting, um, you know, diversity or being acknowledged for for the great work that they do. It's kind of lost in 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 the whole scheme of things at Harvard. So they want to. They want to have something that's going to make them really feel good about their accomplishments, uh, so to speak. So what do you guys think about this separate um, uh, commencement? Oh, gosh. I, 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 can, I guess I can understand where they're coming from, but then I just think back on how much our ancestors fought for us to mm-hmm. be able to merge that um i mean maybe maybe they have a separate celebration or something i don't know but but i don't know i i don't know that i would if my kid graduated from harvard like i would not want them him mm-hmm. or her to have a separate graduation it's like no you are everybody's going to graduate together now if if everybody else wants to get together and do something, a celebration, a party, go to a restaurant, I don't know how many there were, but I just, mm, I don't know if I, I like that idea. Yeah, I can't it say says, it. Like it says, Harvard's Institutional Foundation is in direct conflict with the needs of black students. Um, this is what he told the Roots. There is a legacy of slavery, uh, racism, colonization at Harvard, which was an institution founded to train rising imperialist leaders. This is a history that we are reclaiming. So just so you know, um, that's that what it says? Why they, this is a history exactly that we're what, reclaiming? Correct. It says this is, a, it's, this is a history that we are reclaiming. But it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, if if you want that environment, then you should probably go to an HBCU. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, it might sound harsh, but that's what I, I I would suggest if if that's the environment that you want. Otherwise, you mm-hmm. you pretty much know that you are going to be the minority when you go to certain schools. So. And then they say this is an opportunity to celebrate Harvard's black excellence and black brilliance. Um, he told the root that, and he said this is a chance to reaffirm for each other that we enter the work world with a network of supporters standing with us. We are all partners. Marcia, what do you think about that? Um, I, I feel, can you just say again, why are they doing seven graduations? I, I didn't because really they feel like they feel like they feel like if you're in a school like Harvard, you know um, that's an, a very prestigious elite school. So the mm-hmm. ones that are there don't really feel like they're being recognized and acknowledged. They're kind of lost in the sauce, if you so to speak, um, and okay. they don't even recognize their 
blackness or you know what I'm saying. Um, heritage maybe is is another word. So they're going to have their own commitment. Okay, so the black students want to have their own commitment exercises. They are, yes. Okay. I mean, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're the students who are there on the campus and in the classroom, so maybe they're experiencing, you know, some kind of attitude or culture uh, that makes them feel that way. But how much is Harvard University? If I spend my hard-earned money to send my child to Harvard University, how much does that cost? I mean, you know, they're going to walk the stage with everybody else, and then, you know, you can have your own separate, you know, uh, like like Dr. Houston said, go out to dinner or, you know, have a little celebration. But that's a whole lot of money to be spending on education and, and not, you know, at the end of it all, the culmination, the, the graduation is, you know, we're going to have something separate from everybody else. Um, but I, I'm sure the students have their reasons for doing it. I know I'm just saying, I don't – I don't know if they're actually going to walk with their class and do this separate. I didn't say. I mean, this is something just a special ceremony, or is this the only ceremony? I didn't couldn't pick that out. If they were going to do both, mm. I don't know. But I I don't know. I probably feel some kind of way too. I think I I want my kids to be walking with. But you just never know what it's like um, to be mm. in a, a school like that, and then you know, feel isolated, I guess. I'm not sure if that's what the the correct word is. But um I I don't know that I don't know that I would want that for my kids. <laughs> if I paid all that money either I'd probably want I want them to walk with the rest of the kids. But I thought it was an interesting article anyway. We are at the uh nine fifty two. I've done a lot of talking. Marcia, you got anything else? Um, nope, I, I'm good with all my topics. We covered everything. Okay, and uh, Dr. Houston, you got anything else? Uh, sure, I will th- throw this one quick thing out. I got so many things I can talk about. But the one thing I saw was that, um, and this is kind of like gossip news, but <laughs> that Carmelo oh, and... Oh, Wendy, Wendy Williams. <laughs> No, Carmelo and Lala have split, and they're saying that he uh, possibly has gotten another woman pregnant. And um, so I guess my, my my thing was, you know, how at what point do you say, okay, this is a little too much? And I, I mean, I know you never say never, but I mean, I think, Welcoming an outside child is is pretty big, so I don't know if it's true. And I know um, I've had family and friends to be in that situation and stick it out, but uh, for me, that would be tough. Are you saying that could could do we think we could do it? Yes. No. <laughs> I'm just going to say probably not. But you never say never, but I would say probably not. I I, I probably couldn't do it. Marcy, what about you? <laughs> I don't know. That, that would take a whole lot of prayer. You know, that would take the Holy Ghost speaking to you and, you know, saying <laughs> forgive him. He's repentful. You know, it, it would have to be, God would have to be all up in that, 
you know, and then he would give you All a great doing if that was his will. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I can't say that I would or that I would, because it's not the child's fault, you know, right. and I think if the man is truly repentful um, and, you know, Holy Spirit speaks to you and God lets you know and he gives you the grace and equips you with the anointing to do that, then, you know, you can by his grace do all things. But, you know, after yeah. that, could I do it? No. Yeah, I With, mean, it, you just have to really work on yourself, I think, when you're in that kind of situation, because there is no way that you can't tell me you're going to treat that child just like you treat your other kids. Are you yeah, going to have yeah, the child yeah, come yeah, over yeah. to your house and spend nights mm-hmm. and shopping? And, and every day you're looking, every time this kid comes, you're looking at what your husband did. I just, that that would be tough. So, you know. Um, I actually know, I know a family that, that went through that, um, and um, although they are still together, <laughs> she she does digs. I mean, <laughs> digs like you wouldn't believe. Any opportunity she got, she gets. She's like throwing digs. I'm like, whoa. Uh, but I do know. I know a, ve- a family that's going through that right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I think I think I would need an angel, just like you know, Joseph. The angel appeared to Joseph and told him, "Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child's oh, okay. I want to go. So I need an angel to come to me in the middle of the night and say, "Look, you know, don't be afraid to do this. God is all in it." And you know, <laughs> without that, I know. <laughs> you are hilarious. Well, we are coming to the end, uh, nine fifty-six, and so we instead of. Uh, uh, going on, we're going to thank everybody uh, for uh, turn, uh, tuning in. Roberta Brown, God bless you on Facebook, and everyone else that that came on that'll come on later. Again, you can call in. Uh, we do come back every Tuesday. The number is on the screen, and if you call in and you have a comment or question, you do have to press one. Thank you, Lori, Lori King. God bless you, and. Uh, we do have prayer in the morning, so I hope to see you all on that 5.30 a.m. prayer line. Uh, we'll be live on Facebook, and tomorrow is prayer request. It's with Doc, uh, Dr. Pastor Sharon Bush, so you can come on. And if you have a prayer request, you do need to call in. The number will be posted. God bless you, and good night. And ladies, if you want to say something before we leave, good night. Good night, everyone. Okay. Good night. Thank you, Tony. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks. God bless you. Bye-bye. Good night.